Ladies and gentlemen, we back. It's the S&T Show. My name is Dustin Pym. My name is Julian Ho. And we are back in the booth. We're back in the booth at Sweat and Tonic. It's been feels a minute. So, feels so good. It does. It's it really comfortable good. to be in the booth. We're in a really tight spoon. It's a really good spoon. I'm obviously, obviously small spoon. What? <laughs> you wanted to be small spoon? I thought you would be big spoon for sure. No, I, think, I think most people assume that they want to be, you know, they want that. But I'm, I'm actually very comfortable as a small spoon. Mm. I'm the small guy out of my friends, so I'm very comfortable small spoon. Yeah, but between me and you... I think you would be the, I think we the could, bigger brother. We could co-spoon that. Yeah, I guess so. We could co-spoon. What does that mean? Well, I mean, we'd probably like Back lay, and forth. lay side by side. Yeah. And maybe link legs and arms. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, spooning, guys. What's the technique on spooning and how do you, uh, how do you like to be spooned or how do you spoon? No, and when you're in the big spoon, are you a whisper in the ear type person? Oh, definitely. You are for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. ASMR. ASMR. Yeah, I could imagine you'd be like, hey... I was thinking about the universe and like I could see you doing that and be like, what do you think of stars? You know, and then, I'd, you know, I, I'd be small spoon. I'd probably just fart right after you said that, you know, just like a like a big nasty one. Shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll land among the stars. <laughs> see, exactly. That's exactly a, a Julian Ho thing to say. So, uh, Julian, it's been an interesting little bit of time. Uh, you've been doing some work in corporate wellness. Mm-hmm. So... I might have an idea what that is, but I think it's a pretty interesting idea. And what is corporate wellness? And like, what are you doing? Tell me about that. Well, corporate wellness has been a strong initiative for many years. You've seen companies hire out and provide budget to their employees on how to stay well for work, uh, workplace wellness, ergonomics, wellness design, place ways in which operations companies and corporations can help optimize the productivity of their employees. So this isn't like, hey, I get a a, a chiropractor every three months. It could be that. Oh, it, it, could, it could include be that, that stuff as yeah, well. Corporate benefits. Right. Hey, at my, with my work, I get $500 off of, you know, a gym membership every year or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. That, is that some mm-hmm. stuff? That, that's the landscape. That's definitely the field of work when, when we talk about corporate wellness. Um, and the way that it's working now, it's shifting, I guess, with me um, and my focus is how do you innovate in the world of corporate wellness mm-hmm. beyond just supplying your employees with a yogi that comes in, yoga instructor that comes in right. once a week and, hey, guys, we're offering this to our employees at this area of our workplace. Right. It, long are the days where that is um, as effective right because the point of corporate wellness initiatives is for engagement purposes for retention to decrease the amount of sick leave yes um, how to provide um, benefits to employees to help boost productivity but also job satisfaction so there's all these check marks that corporations use to help um, satisfy the job experience um, and how to make a brand or a name for themselves amongst other companies. Right. So how you see Google and Facebook, Silicon Valley really kicked it off because yeah. they've got a huge operating budget. But at the same time, they realize that technologists and so on, they're the ones that work their butts off, programmers, and they realize that there needs to be a balance. Yes of how people maintain their health and well-being. And they realize if burnout, Mm -hmm. the amount of sick days are put forward, um, that is very costly to the business. 
Yeah, this actually, just talking about it, it makes me remember a, a story that I heard. You might know about this, and I, I don't know, but I heard that, that Google has this thing where they had like a free day at work for their employees, and this was part of the workplace wellness. So it's that free day, employees could do whatever they wanted. 100%, yeah. And then from that, I think, like, was it like Gmail was created or yes, something? Yes, creativity. Yeah, and like when you just give people that opportunity to go and explore and problem solve and be creative, amazing stuff happens, but you have to trust your people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, so, so then when we talk about like corporate wellness, then how do you, like what, like what is Julian doing to enhance corporate wellness? So like, cause like I, I, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking of what I could do and I'm a fitness guy. I'm a trainer guy. I'm a, I'm an entertainment guy. Yeah. Like what am I going to do? But like, what is Julian doing? Like what's. So the innovation that I see in the world of corporate wellness is if it's providing people more social well-being uh, protocols. So how do you engage better with your colleague? Yeah. So this peer-to-peer support mm-hmm. in that world is all about um, a level of social self-care, but it's all about creating a culture of community. Mm-hmm. And a community is not had if there's competition. Sure. There's a level of camaraderie that has to be understood. There's a level of trust, mm-hmm. almost a feeling of family. And if you cannot curate that based off the fact that, you know, there's deadlines to be had and pressures of the job, I think of it as sport. In company or a team, the team has to communicate well together. They have to trust each other in order to win games. Mm-hmm. And so if there's miscommunications and there's lack of trust and empathy and compassion and all these things that teammates need from each other, the organization's not going to grow better together. So in this case, my approach is not necessarily providing people with uh, just professional skills to improve themselves or personal skills to improve themselves. It's both. Right. How do you understand who you are as an individual and know your needs and communicate those needs and wants to your teammate so that it ends up adding to the benefit of the professional network, the professional output. So I'm just spitballing here. Could I do that? Like would would changing the space promote that? For example, you know, at Nike's headquarters, I'm Mm -hmm. a a big, I like a lot of their products. Um, I like a lot of things. But they have like basketball courts and they have these open spaces where people can just go do whatever they want. Would spaces like that help promote that communication in that? that? Is that the idea or is it something else? 100%. I think it's a holistic model. You have to tweak the environment to coerce really positive behavior. You have to figure out what are the problems with the miscommunication. Is it proximity and physical in terms of spacing? Are you not organizing your corporate space to elevate connection um what's the food what are people eating again these are cultural items so on a holistic level when you think of the health of a company what i'm doing is i'm and yourself we are personal trainers background we also personal coaches but how can we take that learning and how we coach people to improve their kinesiology how they move and how do we personal train 
companies right and take the same philosophy of the human body and yes. see the human body as a holistic system and so you're talking about like the immune system how do you fight off yeah, yeah. diseases and and problems how do you pr solve problems and then how do you speak to um the muscular system getting things going yeah, yeah. Know, blood blood pumping yeah, circulation we're not personal trainers julian we're behavior trainers yes that's, that's what it is and that that's ultimately what it is right movement is a behavior communication is a behavior you know uh Eating is a behavior. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. So seeing it as a holistic system is how I've kind of reshaped and reconfigured my mind around um, corporate wellness. Is I don't I say to some people in my um, sort of journey in my career. Yeah, I don't personal training train human beings. <laughs> I don't personal training people. I personal train companies. Right. So speaking of personal training. And like your your life journey, and we were talking about this before we were recording. Have you had anybody like train you? Have you had anybody been be a mentor to you? Anybody that was like a coach to you that you were like, wow, they they really gave me something, and I and I grew from that, or they challenged you in a way, and you're like, Julian's better because of it. Have you ever had any of that? I know, and again, we were talking about it before, so. I've had teachers for sure as you know growing up but I've never had a personal coach or someone that um that I could directly well, I mean not directly communicate these are I've had indirect coaches yes so like people that I've looked up to that I've seen from afar and also have attended courses like Paul Check the Check method yes um, Michel Dalcourt in Institute of Motion Cecily Milne in Yoga Detour there's a bunch of people that I definitely have learned from directly and also indirectly but to have a one-on-one -on -one, like personal trainer yeah, yeah. or someone that I've never had have you it's funny because I I feel like it was something when I was younger I was never looking for because my mom was one of those moms who was always you know constantly coaching mm. and I think I've said this on the show before but yeah. we'd be sitting there at dinner and she'd be like who's Dustin and I'm like oh mom this is the worst <laughs> Come on, I just want to eat my spaghetti. But, but like... My biscotti. Yeah, so I get to that point where I just didn't want to hear it. Mm. And then... But then I started working professionally and doing things. And I remember I worked for this marketing company. And uh, one of the people that worked at the marketing company, she's now the CEO of that company, but uh, she used to coach me all the time. She's like, like how? Like, you know, uh, building out an action items list mm. and communicating um, project management in different ways and um, that kind of stuff. Like corporate coaching Yeah, like almost? super corporate coaching. But for wow. me, who's always been fly by the seat of his pants, I don't really need a lot of instruction, just let Dustin fly, let's mm -hmm. do this. That was really great stuff. And then, then I met my wife mm -hmm. and her nickname is the mini manager. Oh, hey. Cause like honestly, honestly I'll tell you right now, when I met my wife, I was like a, like a free, just doing whatever Dustin wanted to do. And then suddenly she's like, the, the behavior talk became so big. She's like, why do you do this behavior? And then suddenly I started doing all this like self work. Cause she was like digging in. She's like, why is this a behavior? Did she kind of act as your mom? Uh, like the way that she, your mom would coach you? Would she kind of project manage you kind of thing? As a, as a Ju you know, Julia, that's a very intuitive thing. Cause I actually met my wife two weeks after my mom died. Mm. It was crazy. It was like, my the biggest powerful mentor person in my life you know what's crazy hmm. you speak about your mom as if she's i mean 
alive and I didn't actually know that she passed yeah, away yeah. that you know yeah which is I just had a moment where I was like oh shit the whole time I was like I thought Dustin and her mom were tight uh, you know we are tight gone. we are like oh, she's fun. and she's been gone like for a long like it's, it's been right here man no it's okay like she, she was sick for a long time but it's crazy because she was such a powerful person but she's so responsible for who I am as I am now mm-hmm. and then when she died and I met my wife it was like suddenly this one mega figure and then this other mega figure just kind of whoop, just slid, slid right in and of course I was super vulnerable I just lost my mom you know I was I was contemplating leaving Toronto at the time and then suddenly boom then I meet this girl and then suddenly from there she's changing behaviors she's mentoring me into a much better person and how did you take to that you know, I, I think I was resistant in the beginning because I was like, I'm good. Like, I've gotten to this point on my own and I was a bit of a little resistant. But then suddenly it was like when you realize the power on the other side of just seeing the other side and then there's like a choice. Do I want to go that way? Keep a little of this, take a little of that. And you can kind of build what you want out of that. Mm-hmm. And I think what it boils down to is just opening your mind to potential mm-hmm. right <clears throat> the way that i see uh the corporate sphere right now is that there's some corporates that are very receptive and very coachable yes and there's some that are slightly bound by tradition mm-hmm. and they have certain expectations from previous styles of corporate wellness yes. coaching so unfortunately some of them the talks that i give don't land as strong to everyone they land to the specific people that are certainly up to speed yeah yeah. so i'm curious about a new i guess skill is coachability yeah coachability i mean and then speaking from you on a personal level well could you not just replace the word coachability with growth versus fixed mindset like could that not be a similar idea definitely i think it's one aspect right one aspect, having a growth mindset. Maybe you can share what that is to listeners. So uh, a growth mindset would be that, you know, I might not be good at something, but I could probably get better at it. I like this this song that they sing on Sesame Street. It's called The Power of Yet. And I, I you know, we play it for my kids all the time. But, you know, can you sing it? Uh, it's like, it's the power of yet. Yet, 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 the power of yeah. I think Janelle Monae sings it actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's 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 super catchy. Hit song. Oh, it's it's, it's a banger. It's a banger. Like we, the kids. Yeah, we could do that at the club and it'd be it'd be big. But uh, I mean, it's not Baby Shark, but it's still it's still a good tune. But anyway, the the whole idea of the power of yet is, and the growth mindset is, it's you can get better at something. You just because you're not good at something now doesn't mean you won't be at some point. And it's not one of those things like, hey. For example, I'm not, I've never really been good at math. And I had a mindset that I'm not going to be good at math. And that's a very like fixed mindset. And I was like, you know what? I can get better at math. I just have to find the way that it appeals to me. And then once I found out how it appeals to me, which was more of a financial sense, I was like, oh, I'm not bad at math. Mm. I'm okay at this. Mm. But again, back to the growth versus fixed. Fixed people or a fixed mindset is this is the way it is. There's nothing I can do to change it. Mm -hmm. Well, the growth mindset is a bit more, hey, I can always get better. I can always learn something new. I can grow in some way. Is that also another way of saying optimist versus pessimist? You know, I, it's funny you bring that up because I think that a lot of people will want to slot a pessimist in a fixed mindset. But I, I know some people who are very fixed but very optimistic about things. And I think that having a growth mindset is, is great 
But I think there's probably times when having a fixed mindset might be better. Like when? Well, I mean, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not preaching. I'm not saying that this is what it is, but you know, let's say Julian's the CEO of a company and you've got a team of people you trust and they're like, yeah, we want to do this. We want to do that. And sometimes you just got to go, no, we're doing this the way we did this before. Right. Because maybe your leadership sees that that's the way to do it. Right. And maybe that is the better way to do it. Maybe sometimes relying on on what you know is a better thing yes. as opposed to always going, well, let's let's Try jump in the air and, yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes in the moment, especially like when I think when urgency is high, sometimes you're like, you know, what, we got to go with what works. Yes. You know, like if and, the world is collapsing around you, sometimes you got to go with the thing that you know is going to work. You know, and so maybe that's a time when maybe a more fixed mindset. But I don't think that's about optimism or pessimism. I think I see where you're going with that. Sometimes a growth mindset is I'm optimistic I can grow. But I know some people who are like, hey, I'm going to try this. We'll see what happens. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to suck. Mm-hmm. And I would still say that there's some of both of those, right? And I would say relating it to the world of corporate wellness is you have the way that corporate wellness right now I think works is when it's from top down and bottoms up. Yes. And you have, you know, the the villagers, the townspeople coming up with things that they need and ex- being able to speak about it and having a platform to share these ideas. Yes. And then you have the top down in hierarchical structures agreeing with that and being open to it. The growth mindset and those that are adaptable and open to change those are the businesses that also have the agility factor Mm -hmm. there's maybe smaller they're more boutique they have the ability to shift gears Mm -hmm. but that's not to say that those that don't have it that are bigger more massive uh, companies not to say that they can't shift it's just that being able to have a growth mindset, being able to be coachable, having those executives that are open-minded to yeah. trying something new is definitely to the benefit. Uh, but, but also with the top down, the people under there have to be willing to learn as well. And yes. I think that's where my story comes in, which is I maybe wasn't ready to learn. And then suddenly I got Readiness to a point level. and I was like, I'm ready. Yes. Um, you know what? And this is the right person. This is the right opportunity for me to grow when the student is ready the teacher appears oh, that's wow i've never heard that but like julian oh, he, you whisper that in my ear in a spoon and that gets you a little tinkle yeah really quick before we go what is your favorite thing to eat with a spoon oh i just had this nut bar smoothie excellent plug you know when you when things you Okay, let me think about this. Okay, when you absorb a piece of like nutrition or food or whatever, and it <clears throat> is a liquid, but it transforms in how you take it in. So yes. like a smoothie, you would drink it with a straw, but it was so thick and like fulfilling and rich that I needed a spoon. Yes. That was like a pleasant like surprise of how, oh my God, I needed a spoon for this. Yeah. This is amazing. Yes. This, I, this felt great. So it just morphed the 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 way the state of the liquid changed so i mean if you're eating like let's say pasta and it's cut in the right way and you have a fork but you realize i just need a spoon for this and a bowl rather than having a plate so i'm just thinking on a meta level yes what the form the food takes yeah yeah yeah. it then requires a spoon it feels so much Mm -hmm. more homey yes oh yeah there goes your alarm that means we gotta leave but last thing we're gonna say before we go (laughs) 
Chinese New Year, and this is my spoon thing. Mm. I love eating fried rice with a spoon. Oh yeah. Like. I do it with the chopsticks, I'll do it with the fork, but you give me like some good fried rice with a spoon, yes. like a shovel. Yes, you know, soul food is done with so soup, spoons. Yes, soups. All that stuff. Just hammer it in there. Yeah. I want to get as much of that crispy, salty, oily rice in my mouth as I possibly mm-hmm. can. How about you? That's it, the, re- the, the fried rice, that's the oh. one. That's my spoon thing. Wow. But I mean, you see that stuff I eat every day, it's called my goop. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like what I just yeah, had Yeah, it's like a thick smoothie, smoothie with just... With the acai toppings. But, like, but, you know, like, what's the best thing to eat with a spoon? Ice cream. Here's the thing. I was going to say that, but the problem is, is I also love licking the cone, man. That's true. I love to just go tongue to, I to like the cone. substance. Yeah, I That like was a weird sentence. Too. Dustin, now you're deep and dirty. That's, that's how it goes. Guys, thanks for listening to this ridiculous podcast that we just put out. Um, it was a mishmash of what corporate wellness, mish with coaching, mentorship, mentorship, spooning, definitely. But guys, remember we love your topics, so get at us at Julian Ho or sorry, it's at JulianHo.ca. Yes, uh, on Instagram and at Dustin Pim on Instagram. Message us, tell us if you want us to talk about. At Sweat Tonic. At Sweat Tonic. Have or come find us at Sweat Tonic. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. <laughs>